This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hello, friends. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and I'm your your host here. And uh, this is The Soul's Journey. And uh, different weeks, I explore different elements of soul and how it intersects with the astrology chart, because I want to teach you how to see the journey of soul in, in, in a chart, as well as to uh, understand your life as a chapter in a multi-life journey. Today's show is all about babies. Who, who are these people? Where do they come from? What do they want? That kind of thing. It's kind of a joke, but really, um, it's interesting to, you know, from my perspective, to either, well... I don't work with babies, but I do sometimes work with kids in my work, and I and I do often work with parents seeking to understand their children, whether you know that those children are newborn, you know, brand new, hot off the press, this kind of thing, or um, infant toddler age, or even up into teenage years. And I think I have done some readings for parents on adult children, you know, and they have their permission to have the data shared, uh, you know, twenty five, thirty year old uh, adult children. But it's interesting to, from my perspective, you know, dealing most of the time with adults, but then looking at the journeys of the souls of people who happen, according to our timeline, to be children right now. Because they come in fully formed. <laughs> there are a million stories already in uh, the consciousness of this being. And they, uh, they're helpless and they're clueless, right? And you have to, we have to care for them and nurture them and take care of them. And, uh, uh, and over time they, they develop into people who are, you know, able or more or less able to care for themselves and run their own lives. But when they're born, the personality is already in there. All of the stories are in there. Looking into the eyes of a child is not that different from looking into the eyes of an adult, except the adult can actually use verbal tactics to keep you from seeing what's there, you know, <laughs> what's deeply there in the heart under the surface. And a kid is just there. A kid is just, uh, av- you know, available to be seen if the kid's open. So this is uh, it's something that's close to my heart because it, it fits in with uh, what I what I call the conspiracy of love, which is helping people. Well, that's the thing. That's the the nexus, the the web of uh, agreements and contracts between souls. But what's uh, close to my heart is helping people and families understand why their experiences have been set up by the soul, why these dynamics are in play, and what is going on with the contracts and how those uh, play themselves out in many lives, the, the contracts with other, other uh, family members. I guess it was maybe... Maybe 13 or 14 months ago, uh, I was uh, walking with someone and I just realized, you know, I was uh, just thinking about that idea of, um, 
you know, what do you, what do I really want to do on Earth? And there were two, two things that came forward, and one of them was this uh, teaching people about family and soul. And so now I'm doing this radio show. I have this opportunity to reach a number of, you know, a number of interested ears, uh, interested in developing compassionate approaches to uh, different arenas of life or all all areas of life. Family is the incubator for our karma in each life, and we it's really important for us to to turn the corner on. Uh, coming out of a victimhood or a thinking this is happening to me and into an acceptance of what the souls through the conspiracy of love have agreed to uh, do with each other. So today's show is focusing on the kid thing, the babies thing. <laughs> Who are they? Where do they come from? Just, I just love that. You know, I just love that idea of uh, these, these uh, we're surrounded by these uh, beings who cause us to do all these things and to bend over backwards to take care of them. And who are these people? You know, have you noticed that they're everywhere? It's a little joke that I, a little joke that I like to do. So I'm going to give you a couple of announcements and then we'll go into the show. The Intuitive Skills Development One course still has a couple of spots open. Uh, give me a call at 213. 213- Nine two five six zero one nine at your leisure. Uh, except it begins on February third, which is uh, this coming Sunday. And uh, I do have a person in Australia uh, joining the course, so it is open to international people too. Give you know, play with the time zone uh, on worldtimezone.com. But um, but you're definitely open to people in different places. And this is an eight week course. The the Sundays in February and the first four in March to help you connect with intuition and learn how to trust it. And in the process, go through a process of learning a bunch of healing techniques, grounding techniques, energy management, and therefore consciousness, uh, grounding and expanding techniques. I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing this course. Uh, I haven't done anything like it for three years. So uh, this is kind of a special opportunity to do this with me. Again, Intuitive Skills Development 1 course, and that begins the, the Sunday uh, 3rd of February. And go to tdjacobs.com forward slash time and go to – that's my site calendar – and go to the uh, 3rd of February, that link has the, uh, that calendar entry has the uh, PDF uh, link. You can read all about it. In uh, thinking about all this family stuff and kids stuff, um, there, I'm doing a $25 discount on readings for parents about their kids who are under 18. You know, any age that your kid is, and you could also give these as gifts. This is an amazing, it's a gift of insight, you know, reading with me. So that's 125 instead of 150. And, uh, it's, you know, you're going to receive a, a tremendous amount of information in an hour conversation or pre-recorded MP3 about the soul journey of this younger person. All attitudes, behaviors, uh, ideas, beliefs, malfunctions, passions, <laughs> dilemmas, blocks, fears, all of these things that stand out to you about these people, these younger people, uh, are uh, displayed or described by the karmic story in the chart. So I'm encouraging you to do that, and I want to fill my calendar in February with those readings, so I'm taking, uh, giving you $25 off, and uh, tdjacobs.com uh, forward slash store dot html. And in, the, uh, in that list, I've added a separate uh, link below the normal hour-long reading that uh, reflects the discount. So definitely take advantage of that. Uh, that's going to be just through February. So fill my calendar. I dare you. Okay. So after the first break, I'm going to take caller questions. Questions today are going to be focused on kids, babies, infants, toddlers, children, all that stuff. If you have birth data, you, you give it to me. Call it in. You know, 
day, month, year, uh, time of day, location. If not, you can talk about a kind of a behavior or attitude that seems to be presenting itself, and I can help you understand a kind of a karmic. Um, how do you say this? Like a karmic context for for what this uh, little one is learning about. I recently did uh, a reading for dear friends uh, on their 13-month-old. And it's kind of a belated welcome to Earth gift, but for them, obviously, because she's not quite in a position to really grasp all I would say. So we did it for them. And uh, it it inspired uh, inspired me to do this show. The the family thing's on my mind all the time and how to help people understand those situations and heal. But that impetus, you know, talking through that with dear friends of mine who feel uh, they are my family, you know. And so talking through that with them uh, inspired me to do this show tonight and open it up. Uh, so um, one of the one of the things to um, to talk about is that you know they are fully formed when they come in. They they are fully formed. There is already a story happening now. Soul experiences all of its human lives outside time. The consciousness of any individual is linked to soul. And an individual human's awareness of circumstance and reality and choices and life and relationships, blah, 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 uh, that gets fed back to soul and feeds its uh, need and intention to learn about what it's like to be a human. So you have all these different discrete human lives taking place all along the Earth timeline with similar themes but different contexts in which themes are played out. So, for example, if the theme is safety and security, which could be a fourth house Cancerian moon theme, you know, if we look at the karmic indicators in a chart and see that, then that's one thing. In some life, there's a ton of security and safety. In some other life, it's a struggle. In some other life, it's unavailable. Probably in all lives, there's a range of experience, but the soul learns through all of it. So when you have a tiny person who uh, is, is brought in by the stork, or emerges from a lady's a lady's body, you have a being that is starting a new chapter according to the Earth timeline, but the emotional imprints from many many other lives are present in that per, in that personality. As I mentioned on a recent show, oh by the way, these concepts about soul and astrology, uh, the Soul's Journey, volumes one and two, explain this and do a lot of uh, practical work. With them, uh, with actual people, the Soul's Journey One is kind of the the, the setting up the story of a multi-book series. It's pro- you know at this point the plan is maybe about six or seven volumes, and I'm writing numbers three and four, two, first and two or first and second are released, and uh, the second, the, so the first book is an explanation with a lot of examples, over twenty, and the second book is um, deepening that story and looking at uh, seven. Uh, individual examples people who participated in a workshop with me and we just dug through their dug through their uh, karma and their past lives to to do emotional archaeology to categorize find dig through and compassionately address uh, karmic experiences so go to those books Kindle Amazon and through my site and uh, through my site I also offer a, uh, a PDF version that's convenient for people in other countries who might find the shipping uh, uh, prohibitive from uh, one of the other Amazon sites. But anyway, that's that's where you can go to get the full story on on uh, all this soul stuff from me. But this person's fully formed. The story already exists, and 
those certain life experiences that uh, unfold for this person indi- like um, echo and mirror and replicate and parallel a bunch of stories on other parts of the timeline. But in this life, perhaps um, there, you know, the skin color is a little different. The economic situation in the family is a little unique in one way or the other. Maybe um, there's a particular religion in this life that's not prevalent in all lives. Maybe there's a certain, you know, it's maybe it's a small town versus a big city where this person is born and grows up. You know, maybe in this life there's a lot of uh, family movement around the country or the world. Like, there are all these different variables that affect how these things unfold, but the themes are important. The themes are uh, in common with all of these uh, different lives. So fears, passions, dilemmas, these are all in common. And using the example of my friend's uh, kid that I did the the reading for the other day, um, her Pluto is in Capricorn. She's in that generation. And uh, it's in the second house, the house of survival, conjunct sun. So, you know, Pluto in the second house says that she shows up, you know, she's learning about survival and self-worth. And uh, using resources. Capricorn, there's a need to be responsible and to um, be grounded and to be practical and pragmatic. With the sun, there's kind of a big personality, perhaps a lot of creativity that comes in there, but boldness, being willing to take up space. So they said to me that um, she has a very – this 13-month-old has a very clear sense of if a person is useful to her or not. (laughs) And, you know, imagine – experiencing a child's personality where that is being exhibited. You might expect that, you know, in an adult, but that element of personality is fully formed in this infant. So this is one of the reasons, you know, I wanted to give my friends this information so that they could learn to work more consciously with it because it looks like a certain kind of thing, but it's been shaped by something uh, that, that's worth noting. For example, they kind of see this this character and this child who she's in charge of things and she knows it. And she's not apologetic about what she wants and what she doesn't want. And I said to them, you know, with Pluto in the second, uh, there are going to be some lives uh, of, of, of a lack of resources and a lack of self-confidence. So look at the strong sense of self-confidence and understand it is probably sourced in painful memories in some other life of not being that way. You know, any extreme that we exhibit personality-wise or attitude and belief-wise represents one end uh, of a swinging pendulum. Anything that you're deeply committed to, you know, ideal-wise or philosophically or politically or spiritually, you've probably been the other swing, the other side of the pendulum swing in other lives. And it's just how it works. We do something, we believe in it. And we don't feel good about it, so we swing the other way and we're committed. And so, you know, in this life, this person is kind and compassionate. In some other life, the person may be mistakenly uh, hurting somebody or self or uh, even doing something that he or she had no idea would hurt others and then saying, oh, my gosh, look what that choice brought and swinging the pendulum the other way to avoid recreating pain. So, you know, to have my friends have this information that, you know, the extreme of self-confidence that this little girl already possesses and will explore as she grows up is uh, is sourced in, in a variety of experiences in other lives. Now, she will also contain elements of personality that lack self-confidence. That, that's not being expressed quite yet, but there are going to be things that she doesn't know how to do, and that's part of Pluto and Sun together 
in Capricorn in the second. You must develop authority and self-respect through accomplishment, through gathering skills, through perfecting things, and through gathering resources. So, you know, uh, I, I may have mentioned to them, but this is kind of a picture that comes to me. Some assignment or task that comes down through school when she's eight or nine years old, and she has aced everything thus far. And for some reason, the logic of this assignment doesn't make sense. And she can actually go a little haywire in her head, control freak-wise, Pluto and Capricorn, because um, she doesn't know and the stakes on getting things right are very high. The, the rest of the story actually involved uh, an image of leadership. Uh, South Moon Ruler was actually in the first house, and so there's a kind of leadership thing plus this being a go-to person because of skills and uh, being willing to take on difficult tasks, the Pluto son and Capricorn second. Uh, and so you had this kind of story of somebody who keeps rising to the occasion, but if it's too hard, she can burn out because she might not stop herself. You know, think about people you know who are workaholics. Well, here's a 13-month-old who has the potential to be a world-class workaholic. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's helpful for, uh, for, for people to understand this about their kids and, and to get that insight. And we'll continue this after our first break. answers to help you navigate life the book jehudi speaks offers wisdom channeled from ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times jehudi speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on earth now a compilation of four channeled books jehudi speaks explores karmic relationships our relationships with animals loss and death of all kinds why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred, and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. I'm your host, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. Today we're talking about babies, who they are and where they come from and what they're trying to accomplish here, why they're surrounding us and why they demand so much. <laughs> um, we're taking callers. Uh, I'm taking callers today, we. Um, the number is 877-230-3062. And the questions today are going to be focused on um, on the, 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 the soul's journey soul journeys of children. And until we do have a caller, I'm going to talk more about Pluto and Capricorn, which uh, started in January of 2008. And so the you know, very youngest of kids have this, you know, up to a few years old. And, um, you know, this is um, the, the Plutonian journey for anybody would be 
an empowerment journey. How can I feel strong and confident? How can I uh, respect myself in deep ways? How can I pursue my passions? How can I allow my passion to come out in an unfettered way? And, you know, along the way, we all have to do shadow work on, uh, on Pluto and really making peace with uh, some, some distasteful emotions that really nobody wants to look at. Uh, anger, jealousy, rage, resentment, all these kinds of things, and also deep pain that can inspire those things. So uh, the Pluto journey for anybody uh, involves uh, facing what one could do if pressed for survival, you know, if pressed when it comes to survival. If backed up against a wall where the stakes are very high, perhaps even literal survival, what would we do? So we have Pluto and Capricorn. They need to be, these kids need to become empowered through developing maturity, responsibility, and authority. And uh, several years ago, when Pluto <laughs> entered this sign, I said to people, "Look, look out for kids who think they're the boss of everything. Somebody, you know, standing there expecting you to bow to his or her will, <laughs> and you're looking at a three-year-old. And it's not the same as the kind of terrible twos thing and." And, uh, you know, exploring asserting will, which terrible twos, you know, often correlate to the first Mars return about two years of age and kind of testing the limits of the authority figure, you know, and, and standing up for what, what I want, you know, what the baby wants or the child wants. But the Pluto and Capricorn thing is this long-term soul-level journey of being in charge of things and responsible. Now, not all of them have wonderful experiences being in charge of things. So there are also going to be timid shy, reluctant Pluto and Capricorn kids, you know, contrasting that with the um, with uh, the image of my, my friend's kid, uh, you know, being in charge of, of everything. And even they said the, uh, the nurses uh, at the hospital when she was born um, indicated that she seemed to be more comfortable being in charge of everything and they were going to defer to her in kind of a joking way, but, but it was obvious from, you know, being hours and days and weeks old. And, you know, they need to be respected. And uh, in time, there's going to be an inner logic that becomes apparent. They understand that in order to be respected, they have to be good at something. And they will therefore be very uh, wary of or critical of people who are not good at things because they have put over many lives so much pressure on themselves to be good at things in order to be respected and recognized. Uh, the energy of Capricorn at its extremes are avoiding responsibility or hoarding responsibility, you know, taking everything on and pressuring the self even, judging the, the expectations and standards of self. And as these kids grow, again, uh, 2008, so the youngest of them are just now turning five, you know, births five years ago in the last couple of weeks, you know, the last few weeks are just turning five. So they're very young, but they're going to be some of them that put a tremendous amount of pressure on themselves to do things perfectly. And so in certain lives, the disempowering situation with Cap Pluto and Capricorn has to do with not doing something well or being disrespected or having respect withheld or, or even status stripped away if they do something wrong. Now, think about uh, public figures who enter, who are revealed to be involved in some kind of scandal. You know, the, the drive to save face is strong, but there are certain things when released through the press, they cannot get around. And many people who have this kind of 10th house public, you know, 10th house relates to this archetype of Capricorn and Saturn, uh, is is in uh, involved with it, you know, related, associated. 
some of these people must resign. And so you have this shame that happens. Well, some of these Pluto and Capricorn people who are now babies and toddlers and, and little kids, they have those experiences in different lives. Being in charge of something and then being found out to either be unqualified or morally bankrupt or morally questionable. <laughs> and um, I mean to have a question questionable sense of morality. And, uh, you know, they have to deal with that. So you're going to be looking at a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old who might have this incredible outward shell of, you know, Saturnian, I'm here to run everything energy. But behind that can actually be an extreme fear of doing things wrong or being found out to not be perfect. So if you have little kids in this generation or you know people who do, observe them. Observe this in them. As I told um, – as I told my friends the other day and the reading for the, for their child, uh, there is this real important thing with this, this Pluto and Capricorn that uh, it's okay not to know everything or be able to do everything. Things in Capricorn take time to develop, but the pressure on self to be perfect can be, uh, can be frankly overwhelming at times. Because of that pressure on self and that watchful eye on the qualifications and uh, respectability of others, you're going to have these kids challenging you more than a lot of other kids. If you have a kid who's got Saturn Pluto aspects or Saturn nodal aspects and that kind of thing, you, you know, or even uh, some, some Uranus uh, signatures in the chart, you, you'll find that certainly. And of course, at the terrible twos, you know, the Mars return thing, they're testing their ability to assert will, you know, and boundaries and to say no. Right, and when we do Mars, we do it best when we say no more often than yes. By the way, and um, but with these kids, uh, there is this lifelong need to to do that, to um, to be in charge of something. So, you know, as as parents of these kids, uh, it's important to really understand the pressure they're they're going to emotionally put on themselves that's behind the behavior. That's the use of astrology when it comes to, to anybody, by the way. I can tell you that, you know, I have this focus on relationships. But if you really understand what Pluto, Venus, and Libra in the 12th and with Venus square the nodes is about, and Venus opposing Chiron in the 7th square the nodes, if you really understand that, you'll see things behind my behavior. You'll understand the motivations behind my choices and my responses to things and, and why I might take certain things very seriously. And that leads me into the, the, the Pluto and Capricorn uh, reality of taking things seriously. It's, uh, you know, in order to get something done, you have to make a decision about what's important. In order to develop uh, a persona that is seen by others through work, you have to gather certain skills and put things in a row and work with them. Capricorn, uh, as people point out now and then, I hear they have a, a great sense of humor, and it's true. But before they can relax to reveal that sense of humor, there's an incredible drive to work hard. So you'll notice if you if you know a Capricorn who's funny, right, who's willing to be seen as funny, there is a tremendous amount of uh, effort that's been expended to get to a certain plateau or a certain level of experience and self-respect and then then you can you know relax they, they can relax to reveal that sense of humor and it's a, a dry sense of humor typically uh you know if if other things aren't uh mod modifying the signature and the chart but uh it's real capricornian humor is real but it's kind of like if i don't work hard enough 
I might never give myself permission to do it. So in that space of avoiding hard work, which is a Pluto in Capricorn thing, we're going to find a lot of kids who are afraid to try something for the fear of failure. In some life, the Capricornian work ethic has has resulted for some of these people, for many of them actually, but not all of them will exhibit it uh, readily in young younger years. It could wait till they get their first big promotion when they're in their twenties or thirties or forties. You know, when some big sense of responsibility comes out. For some of them, it could be when they buy their first home, when they have their own families, when they get married. Something Saturnian structure wise can actually ins- inspire some fears from past lives to to rev- to uh, uh, come to the surface and be revealed. So, um, uh, but some of them will want to avoid. All the things I'm talking about, the, the executive personality, the, the can-do, the planning ahead, the long-term plan and executing it. Some of them will want to avoid it in order to avoid the risk of failure. Plutonian pain, the wounding when it happens, is the deepest we can experience. And it, it, you know, if I talk about Pluto and what you might do if backed into a corner, it relates to a survival instinct and other things – uh, understand from that or read into that that uh, what ends up happening is when something hurts relative to your Pluto configuration you feel like the world is ending and you might die so you know in Virgo just kind of run through some things here in, uh, in a Virgo there's a sense of being of service and, and, and doing things right in Leo, it's a sense of um, expressing the self, the need to shine and be seen as an individual. In Libra, it's a, it's a response from the other and creating something together. In Scorpio, it's about truth and honesty and, uh, and trust. So you have all these different ways that Pluto through these signs, and actually the Soul's Journey 2 has a section on Pluto generational, uh, generational signs and goes through, uh, I believe, Gemini which would start in the late 19th century up to, because some of the people in the room had uh, parents or grandparents from that generation, so I started with Gemini, up through this Capricorn thing. And you can see the thread. And it's something that I always think about, but um, uh, somebody who was at the workshop said to me, you always think about that. Why, why don't you also explain it? So it was kind of an last-minute insertion into the workshop itself and, and actually helps people understand this kind of the, 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 the train over time, this Plutonian uh, shift of focus. But... But in Capricorn, uh, all this uh, pressure to do things right, you know, the sense of uh, I might die if I don't, and that that's going to be real. And so you're going to be sitting with a six-year-old and a math and the simple math that the kid's learning, and there can be that kind of pressure put on the self. So what they need to understand is that nobody's perfect. You know, they need to be taught that uh, nobody achieves anything really of value without hard work, but that hard work is one part of life so some of these some of these people as they grow will uh and gather these experiences in in their childhoods and, and into adolescence and adulthood will find that they take things so seriously it doesn't mean they're going to be humorless but they might take things so seriously that they might forget to balance out the rest of life now because pluto's in capricorn the idea of Cancerian stuff, you know, other chart factors aside, Cancerian ways of being, which are the opposite of Capricorn, might be a little foreign. Now, Cancer energy is about softness and relating through emotions. And it's about uh, this present moment and how I feel and 
how you feel and how we're perhaps uh, nurturing each other or sharing a, a softer, uh, you know, a softer moment with one of those fake flavored coffees that were advertised when I was a kid. And, you know, these special moments of your life or something. And, uh, but the cancerian thing is going to be a bit foreign to them. You know, they might have placements in cancer and, and, you know, certainly that would uh, modify this somewhat. But the bottom line, uh, soul level journey is focused on Capricorn. So the emotional component and softness might be left out for some of them. And because in some lives, Pluto and Capricorn uh, can indicate a focus on work, actual family connections and rest and, um, you know, doing things that are nurturing for the self may get lost out. So they also need to learn how to take it easy. And, uh, you know, with uh, with my friend's kid, with the Pluto in the second, the self-worth is dependent upon the work ethic. And so, you know, the stakes being very high for doing things well and for knowing, you know, all the skills ahead of time. So basically, she might be a voracious skill gatherer, you know, and developer. And you might say, why are you, um, you know, if, if you want to be a, a biologist, why are you learning these five languages? Like maybe that might serve you. And the kid might say, you know what? You never know. <laughs> it, because the, the second house Pluto says, I need skills. I need skills. And I might not even know where they, where they're going to come into play, but I'm going to, but I'm going to develop them. So, uh, the number to call for questions is 877-230-3062. I can't, I can't believe that in the last 15 minutes, nobody's called in. Uh, this this topic of understanding kids better uh, should be a hot topic, and uh, I invite you to call in if you if you want any insights in uh, kids kids in your life, kids you know. So how uh, another way that this um, the Capricorn Pluto can show up uh, in kids um, is through the, the the very youngest ones through the squares to Uranus and Aries. If you're into astrology, if you're following what I'm doing, you know that a lot of people are talking about. Pluto square Uranus happening between, uh, I want to say summer of last year, summer of 2012, up to maybe spring or summer of 2015. So uh, the people who are born uh, in that time will have this this signature uh, active. And uh, Uran, anything squaring Pluto, start there. Anything squaring Pluto is uh, bringing pr- uh, pressure, friction, and perhaps criticism to what the person is trying to do to empower the self. And squares uh, karmically come at us from the side, and it's either somebody or, or an energy indicating that we're doing something wrong and telling us to change. Uh, squares often have that energy of whatever you're doing, you're doing it wrong because the signs and square to each other have uh, you know differing methods and opinions on how things should be done. And um, the square from Uranus is about change. It's about trauma sometimes, but it's about sometimes inventiveness, originality, but it's about sudden change that can be experienced uh, traumatically. Now, Aries is about, uh, you know, fire, (laughs) things that uh, happen quickly. It's about uh, having to respond with instinct. So it can actually, when something's squaring you from Aries, it can be very sudden, especially being uh, Uranus. And, um, you know, this is pressure and friction from sudden change to the ability to develop skills. And so they're going to be minor, in some of these kids, they're going to be minor change relatively 
minor seeming changes in family structure and things like that uh, and uh, in the world around them uh, that will affect their ability to develop that Capricornian work ethic and to really feel that they're succeeding at something, uh, developing something over the long term. Um, and, you know, uh, with my with my friends, I, um, the, the, the Uranus was in the fourth squaring the, the the Pluto in the second and I said you know changes at home and they said well what what kind of changes I said sudden you know things that can be experienced dramatically and I said well in this life it could be you know you make a decision to move and um uh you're you, you time it such that you know the kid may be finished preschool and maybe can get to you know the next chapter of school um and you kind of time it you know maybe six years old or something before getting into you know an elementary school for the kind of the long haul and uh the, the you know the child might really really seriously resist more than seems needed or necessary about the loss of stability and safety because that uranus is in the fourth squaring that we do have a caller we have uh Tess, actually, Tess, please stay on the line. We're going to take our second break, and then we'll uh, we'll get your get your son's chart up here. Answers to help you navigate life. The book Jehudi Speaks offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth, Saint Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred, and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey this is tom jacobs your host from tdjacobs.com and today we're talking about uh where these tiny people uh who are running around helpless and clueless and expecting us to bend over backwards doing everything for them come from and and what they're trying to achieve (laughs) i spent quite a bit of time talking about the uh 
Pluto and Capricorn uh, element of this generation, of the youngest of, of kids born uh, in the last five years. And we have uh, Tess calling about her son, Tyler, on the phone. Let me give uh, you his birth data, May 16th, 2009, at 9.22 a.m. in San Luis Obispo, California. Again, that's May 16th, 2009, 9.22 a.m. in San Luis Obispo, California. So, Tess, what's your question today? Yes. Uh, hi. I was wondering hi. about his, his eighth house, actually. Yeah. There's yeah. quite a bit of stuff in there. Totally. So we have Moon, uh, Jupiter, Chiron, Neptune, all in Aquarius in the eighth house. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so, you know, element of personality-wise, uh, I'll give you that overview, and then I'll tell you about the karmic thing that colors it. <laughs> you know, so, so Moon in the eighth is about trust. Jupiter in the eighth is is about needing to develop faith in being vulnerable or through being vulnerable and trusting people. Chiron is a wound to that. So, you know, and then Neptune is about the need to surrender to something, in this case, through trust. So, you know, this emotional thing with Chiron, Moon together and the Jupiter-Neptune, being able to have faith in opening to trust, you know, being it, it is about specific individuals. You know, that's incredibly important. In Aquarius, there might be a lot of detachment, the ability to be very objective about emotions. Mm-hmm. But the need but the need to connect with emotions so he can connect with others. That's incredibly important. Okay. But this is this is that makes sense to you? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, every kid needs an eighth house trust thing, you know, but this is heightened, you know. And um, as he grows, there's going to be a tendency to intellectualize emotions, but also to feel emotions so deeply with the Chiron, Moon, Neptune together, and <laughs> Jupiter making them big, right? You know, augmenting it uh, yeah. to take things so seriously when it comes to the world of emotions that there could be this line he walks at the times, and you can look at him. I mean, maybe you already. I'm sure you already see this actually, but mm-hmm. walking a line where you can see that vulnerability is real, you know, looking in his eyes when he feels challenged or he's not sure what's going to happen next in some situation. Right, right. But how he can actually simultaneously feel it so incredibly deeply, but also keep it in a little box without effort and not express it. Okay. You know, like, and he'll question, when is the right time to reveal myself? When is the right time to talk about feelings? Yeah, I'm, I noticed he he does seem to have a problem. Like he, I'll be like practicing with him. Okay, when you see somebody, say hi. How are you? Yeah, right. And then he freezes. <laughs> and then he just yeah. freezes. So yeah, I was yeah, it was Aww. very sensitive to the energies that other people give off. And mm-hmm. this is a signature of, you know, people look good on paper, but when you're standing in front of them, your skin crawls and you have to make mm-hmm. a decision not to open to them. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, like, like, uh, you go in, uh, I mean, some random stupid example, right? You take him to get a haircut and you're like, this is a, this is just a practical thing that is going to happen today. And so you go to the haircut place and there's the nice man and he's standing there with the, you know, with the thing and, and, uh, and your son looks him in the eyes for a quarter of a second and he can sense something that makes him uncomfortable. I see. Uh huh. Yeah, how would I, Talk to him about things like that. Yeah, yeah. So help, yeah. So helping. Oh, what what do you say? Like, well, helping him uh, understand that 
he doesn't have to absorb feelings or emotions or energies from anybody. I would honestly, I would teach him to send cords into the earth so that he understands that he can be in his body and have himself to himself. And that, that it's good to be aware of those feelings, but you don't have to be, um, overwhelmed because you can actually just make the decision to kind of contain yourself. I don't exactly know the best way to say it to a, to a almost four year old, but, um, you know, or that young, but I mean, you can work with him just, that's the, that's the idea, you know, the fly here, but so it's good to trust. It's good to be vulnerable, but he, but the first hurdle will be that he's so sensitive to the energies around him and, and including with uh cancer ascendant. You know, that, that makes it big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. I noticed that. He's even with his, even with his little brother, his little brother is a Leo, little spitfire, uh, Leo uh-huh. rising, and he tends to just almost not bully him, but he just mows him over. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it's overwhelming. And, and so you have an incredibly sensitive, intuitive, empathic little boy you know, and I know that you like from you know from what I know about you, you can certainly work with that consciously. But but to acknowledge he's living in a world full of people who might not be like that all the time, and uh-huh. and uh, yes, yeah, so you just kind of tease that out. And 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 if he trusts you and others in your family, if he can keep that trust open through honest communication, right? Because that's the key to the eighth house is is uh is is honest communication of all the things that are being experienced and so you know you can even one tool is to to and this will validate his experience it will give you a chance to validate the subtext he's experiencing when he shuts down like that or wants to dissociate or doesn't want to do something you can say you know you know can you take a few can you take a minute and just kind of explain to me what you're experiencing like what it is that you're feeling cuz the, the tendency to dissociate from some of those feelings will be strong too because of the Aquarius thing and the Chiron thing there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely okay. with cords into the earth though, definitely about grounding and, and all the like breaking energy management down into the most basic terms and helping him. You know, like I have a, like a client in Texas who's um, at that time her nine-year-old daughter got really into the grounding meditation that I offer through my site because okay. they were having like um, – like spirit visitations and the little girl was like, somebody's in here and that's not cool. And, um, so, you know, the, the mom who was doing coaching with me at the time and who has some spiritual savvy, spiritual stuff going on, understood and taught her, Oh, she has the right not to absorb these energies and to observe them, but not take them on and to say, no, thank you. So that, that might be an interesting thing too. If you, I don't know if you want to play with that grounding meditation, it's free through tdjacobs.com and the, the right-hand page. It's a download. Um, but then the second layer of this, which which brings in the, the multi-life thing, because now we've just been talking about personality thus far. But for you as the parent to understand this other level is going to be critical. South node is in Leo, and the south node ruler is sun, right? And sun is square these bodies. So his, his role in many lives, he's trying to be Taurus in the 11th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so he's trying to – he's goal-oriented. He's trying to get something done in a probably conservative way. You know, he's, he's lining all his ducks up in a row, and he's looking at the future. He's, like, thinking about what life is like five, ten years down the road. Not, not at this age, but in many lives. And he is squared by eighth house stuff. So this abundance of emotional energy and probably crummy energetic boundaries square him. Okay. And it's moon, so it's family. 
So in certain lives, there's emotional stuff going on at home. And to some degree in this life, really, even if you're stellar, spectacular, responsible, he's going to experience something like this. But some emotional energy thing that is that is a little imbalanced or not quite Taurus. <laughs> so, and, he, and he's trying to be Taurus. He's really trying to be Taurus. So he has been squared by very emotional people who might not know how to deal with their intense, pained emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So that's why this is such a big deal. Because okay. in many lives, so now he doesn't want to become the kind of person who has maybe an extreme of emotional stuff going on that has mm-hmm. given him trouble in different lives. Okay. Uh-huh. We, we don't want to become the people who hurt us. Right. Right. Yeah. So... You know, and this can also, I mean, even just like God bless everybody, but, you know, this can be a signature of, um, you know, even even your other son with the Leo thing that's huge. You know, really doing a Leo thing strongly is not really always being responsible for our energy. So he, so Tyler can actually interpret some of that energetic stuff going on as a problem because he's not quite sure how to open up to it because it's so big. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel really torn because the... You know, the younger one is still the baby in a sense, mm-hmm. and yet he's he's so territorial, you know, over me. Mm, and so yes. even even trying to sit next to me, it it can be very difficult. It, it, it you know his little brother just tries to you know get in the way and cry and fuss at every at yes. every chance. Yes. Okay. Well, so you can also you know basically help. Yeah. Tyler see his little brother as um, an example, like basically use that relationship as a kind of a testing ground with not always being quite as affected by the energies of others. Mm-hmm. So it's like your other son's doing his thing, and 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 then you know Tyler might have a reaction, or Taylor, I'm sorry, Tyler, yeah, Tyler uh, might have a reaction or experience in that in that challenging. Well, you can actually kind of you know, in a subtle, generous, gentle way, have a meta conversation about what's happening with Tyler. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and in the eighth house, we need to make all subtext into text. We need to bring things up because otherwise we'll fear the unknown, including our emotions, especially with, you know, Moon, Neptune, Chiron, Jupiter here. And and especially because of the, the um, karmic signature of, being pressured and and knocked off course sometimes by people who exhibit this strong deep emotional energy mm-hmm. and then and the kind of the last thing to really to, to really look at with this um is the notion of something in the eighth house squaring you means can mean a breach of trust mm-hmm. so you know a, a feeling of betrayal and i can't count on you and everything I'm about, South Node Ruler, you know, is squared by, you know, somebody I trust and rely upon, moon people. And so it's kind of like that level of kind of meta dialogue seeping into your dialogue with him, uh, the bird's eye view and kind of helping him understand his feelings a little better. You know, that really um, is going to help him heal some of that karmic thing of subtext being a problem. Okay. Yeah. Does all that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It needs to. I need to absorb it. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Yeah. yeah. And do you have any other? Any other? Oh, you. You actually asked me about the Saturn and the third. Let me cover that uh, for a second here too. 
yeah, yeah so mind is a, mind is a, oh, I'm sorry. No, he was just, he was born with a, he had a speech delay. Yes. And so I yes. think that's part of, you know, his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his frustration as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, mind is a fortress with Saturn in the third. Mind is a fortress. And, uh, you know, when it develops, but it's also retrograde. So how that, you know, fortress may develop has to kind of be in a roundabout way. Um, so how to communicate, he kind of gets to, he, he should be invited to invent his own wheel on how he does communicate. And, and so one of the great things you can do for him is to, um, never be at all frustrated about that delay, just giving him that absolute respect and, and, and giving him space so that he can give himself that respect because it looks like something's wrong, but I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong. It's just, like you say, a delay. Yeah, yeah. He, we've been practicing. Yeah. So, okay. You what? We've been practicing. <laughs> practicing Great, good. That and that's going to be an ongoing thing because then he's going to go into school and be surrounded by kids who don't have a delay. And so, for mm-hmm. him to just kind of be to, to have an ongoing process of respecting himself and honoring his process is important. And the other thing is, it works differently. So perhaps, um, perhaps a. Uh, you know, some kind of other flow in the third house, even drawing would fit. Uh, I mean, it's in Virgo. You know, you wouldn't think art is a thing, but other ways of expressing things can actually kind of open up that flow energetically somewhat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so think about this thing and then draw me a picture of what, you know, of what that is. That, that imagination with Moon, Neptune, Jupiter, Chiron, you know, together, that's an incredible that's an incredible combo of imagine of imagination. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Really. It's like all these wonderful, um, energies that can be very soft and emotional together in the, in this house of deep emotion, you know, that we share with others. So, so anyway, thank you for calling Tess. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Was, yeah. This is a lot to digest. So Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, take care. Thanks again. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. So we are wrapping up our time here together. Um, Just to to remind you, the Intuitive Skills Development 1 course begins February 3rd. I encourage you, if you want to learn to trust intuition, eventually learn how to communicate with spirit guides. Learn how to deal with deep emotional things. Learn how to process fear in a grounded uh, way. And your guides, my guides, Ascended Master Jehudi and all of his faces, including St. Germain and Merlin and Thoth, will be teaching the course. We're all going to do it synergistically together. The course is an individual tour through your own process, up through the chakras, one through seven in turn. Uh, and yet we're going to have these group calls to discuss things and do energy work together and to uh, to really get grounded together. And, uh, and, and so you can learn through other stories as well. And also the Energy is Money is Energy course. I didn't mention it at the top of the show, but it starts uh, – I sent out the affirmations this last Saturday. You can still sign up. The first uh, group call is this Saturday. So contact me uh, right away at 213-925-6019 or tom at tdjacobs.com to, uh, to get in on that. And that's a, that's a great opportunity to learn about your blocks to receiving. It's the truth about abundance. That's what the course should be called. But energy is money is energy, revolving around how open we are to love and re- resolving those blocks. 
and the $25 off the uh, the readings for kids uh, to their parents. So give me a call uh, for that too. That's that's an incredible opportunity. As you heard, uh, this extended uh, brief call uh, with Tess about her own son and, and how to understand the karma of these things. So contact me through tdjacobs.com and thanks for joining me again and take care. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com. Thank you.